A major league baseball player turned real estate agent turned many franchise owner of Keller Williams offices does a little thing on the side in his spare time. And it's finding missing children. Get ready for the real estate show that takes you across the barriers and into the danger zone. That bitchin' real estate podcast with your host, Tenacious T. Thank you for coming back and joining me on the show. This is Kimberly Toko, Tenacious T, with an amazing human. Rich Bacher, thank you very much. And our sponsor for the day and the sponsor for the year, if you ask me, amazing human himself. Todd Bookspan with the Bookspan Baker team at Fairway Mortgage. That's right. Um, Rich, you and I are very close to the same age. I have to say I'm a little bit older than you. <laughs> By, I think it's seven months or something so, like that. Right. 1972. Yeah, October. And uh, when we had a brief conversation about the 80s, you liked NWA. 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 And Frank Sinatra. <laughs> and Frank Sinatra. How the hell did that happen? Well, well, I mean, I grew up Italian. Yes. So Sinatra, Bocelli, Pavarotti, mm-hmm. the three tenors, all the big bands. Yeah. And then I grew up in the, you know, 80s. So yeah. NWA, <laughs> Slick Rick, KRS-One. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it was a really uh, unique playlist in my car. So did you have the chains? Oh, yeah. yeah. Chains, gold chains. The hats. Hats. I yeah. still have the hats. Nice. The scully caps. <laughs> no, I still got the sc- so I wear them cool. all the time. My kid's like, Dad, stop embarrassing me. <laughs> nugget ring, nugget bracelet. Nice. Right? Oh, dear Lord. I had a pager with a gold chain. Page, I, yeah, yeah, but I was a rocker chick. You were a rocker so, chick. So, yeah. How about the driving gloves, like the Eddie Murphy driving gloves with the holes? Oh, I, eh, I did. Yeah. I was kind of a Michael Jackson fan, so oh. I had the sparkly gloves spark- too. <laughs> well, before high school. Before, just high, before high school. Yeah, just, just one, one. Just one. Just one. His poster was hidden in my closet because I didn't want people to know. <laughs> that's awesome. Todd, yeah, that's who, awesome. Was, uh, who was your 80s favorite? In the 80s, I was in the Madonna and Madness. Madonna, you did say you have a collection of Madonna. Yeah, t-shirts. I just missed the memo to wear my concert yeah, shirts, but that's we'll have to get that probably next what time. it would have been. So, what about Madonna? Did you like? You know, I was just a kid and this grew up racing bikes. And Don Cry worked at the record shop, and he said, "You got to check out this single and loan me Borderline," and the rest is history. <laughs> I, so it wasn't that she was a rebel; it was just like a really cool song. It was just a cool song, and I she was a rebel. It. Yeah. Yeah. See, I knew it. Everyone out there, Todd Bookspan is a rebel. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Secrets out. Um, You know, I have to say, I've been in real estate almost seven years in March. And when I came onto the scene, I think you'd only been into it since 2010. So it would have been about three years. And you had already blazed a name for yourself. I know that you won't remember, but I think we've done two deals in all this time, but both times it was so, you were very engaging and kind and um, a little intimidating. (laughs) Rich told me those were his favorite two deals ever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, But I I always remembered that. And I have to say, I somewhat formed um, what I wanted to be as an agent based on your grace. Oh my God. That's a, thank you. That's a compliment. <laughs> I take a very high compliment. And, um, you know, I just try to, to treat the uh, mm-hmm. other party just with a lot of respect and open communication. Um, yeah. We got to work together. Yeah. You know, without that, no one's going to succeed. And 
Where does that come from? Can you contribute um, that to family, or is that part of your baseball history? Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, I, I think it comes from family. That's mm-hmm. where the, the root of it and yeah. where it starts. And uh, growing up in a big family, uh, you know, not many brothers and sisters, um, yet just the big cousins and, you know, yeah. all the tons <laughs> of Italians. Yeah, the Italian tons <laughs> and aunts and uncles. Lots of dancing and, and tons yeah. Of, I mean, my, one of my grandmother's 10 brothers and sisters. So, oh, my. <laughs> so you can imagine, uh, you know, Christmas at, at, at the household. But, I mean, I think that's where it starts. And then, yeah. you know, being involved in uh, team sports my whole life, mm-hmm. um, you know, baseball, basketball, hockey, and racquetball. I mean, I mean, everything's about the team and succeeding yeah. through others and, and picking up someone when they're, when they're not when they're not doing well. Yeah. You know? And I think that just carried on to, you know, my coaches throughout my life and my mentors and, um, and, and be, with professional baseball, amateur yeah. baseball, and in and, uh, and real estate. And I didn't even realize that you were this, like, famous. Yeah, I'm not that famous. Like, baseball guy. <laughs> but that's the thing. You made me feel comfortable. Um, and at any given time, I didn't feel like a brand-new agent. I felt respected. And Todd Bookspan, that is a big proponent of what you also try to teach, is to respect each other. And um, I think we're in a room of what I'm going to call the life changers or the changers of how we do real estate. Well, I mean, we all start somewhere, right? So if we can't all uh, work together, whether we're brand new or not, we're still not. In the end, it's all about the client having a great transaction. Yeah. So walk me through, and I did a little research. I used to be a private investigator, so Uh-oh. I found out what I could, but there is quite a bit out there on you. <laughs> um, so you finish up your career, 1999, was it? Uh, 99 is when I had my surgery in that off season, and I, yes. and I was on a rehab assignment for like two years. Yeah. 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 So I finished up then, like 2001 before the spring training. But what's amazing about your career is, you know, you, you were amazing in high school amazing pitcher in high school it was easy for you in high school as i've heard you say before and uh then you went on to college and found out that this is hard this is not easy but you worked your way all the way up to your goal your dream walk me through that you know it's um you know being from the east coast and uh you know you play 18 games a year yeah. For high school, and then you play some summer ball, maybe another 20 games. You know, maybe you're playing 30 to 40 games a year. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, uh, you go down to Florida, where it's the mecca of baseball. Mm-hmm. And they're playing 100 games a year. Oh. And I'm just used to just, hey, I played all the sports. I never I was always in shape. Um, you know, they wanted us to get on the throwing program for baseball. I'm like, what's the throwing program? Just give me the baseball. <laughs> like, like right. I'll throw by people. It's not right, irrelevant. Right. You know, I'll hit the ball 400 feet. Yeah. And uh, when you go down there, you just realize that, you know what, everyone's throwing the ball 90 plus and everybody can hit the ball 400 feet. <sighs> and you just, you know, you're just, uh, you know, a small fish in a big pond. And, uh, you know, it was very eye opening. You know, yeah. I had the long curly hair. <laughs> I had the perm in the back. I literally. Had did you a, have the mullet? I had. I had a. a, a For in the eighties, did you have the mullet? Did, Not at that point. But. At that point, I did too. I was yeah. seventeen. Oh, I was seventeen. I had a Vavone perm in the front and a Dante perm in the back. Can you? Can you send? Do you have any video I, of that I that I could throw? I don't have video, Come but on. I got a picture. Yeah, okay, good. I got we, an old we picture. We have to add that. Yeah. So everyone out there that's watching, um, if I can find a really embarrassing picture and splice in there, I will. And yeah. thank you for letting me have that. Absolutely, I will show it. I, it's on some of my Facebook posts, my like my old pictures, my hairs all the way down to like the back, you know, my shoulders. Yeah, that curly. was that was what we did. We yeah. were just discussing yeah. the '80s hair, the 80s hair uh, before we went live, and yeah. um, how. 
how my DNA was damaged by uh, Alquanet, and my hair is constantly big. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Todd, did you have a mullet? No, I had a flat top. A flat top. Flat. So we might as well throw a picture of you and your flat top if you'd like to share that with me. And I'll find I my big hair I definitely could find you a flat top picture. Yeah. So we'll have all three of us up, up, spliced up here in our 80s gl uh, galore. Yeah. So you found out that you're going to have to work. Yeah. It, was, uh, it, it, it wasn't fun anymore, honestly. Right. Um, you know, it, I ended up getting hurt down there that, mm. year, that first year. And it, what is an injury when you say hurt? Like um, to someone like me who isn't, doesn't, I know how to play baseball, but yeah. what is an injury? So that injury was tendonitis in the elbow. Mm. Uh, and it was because I wasn't, um, my body wasn't used to the workload yeah. that they put on you between, you know, trying to play two ways, playing, you know, first base and pitch and the, the amount of pressure and stress you put on your arm. Right. And it developed some tendonitis. So, and it was really, at that point, it was really difficult for me um, adjusting into right. that, that, you know, college as well as um, the lifestyle of an, a, a student athlete. Sure. You know, playing, you know, 60 games in the fall, playing all the top D1 schools. And you're young and you probably want to go out yeah, and, and meet old, people yeah. and, and you can't drink and no, play 100 games. No, you can't, <laughs> I mean, you know, and I, and I wasn't really a big drinker in high school, but yeah. you know, college, it's... You know, sure, it's, it's I all think we all the were there, right, Todd, <laughs> yeah. at some point. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I just, I really had to make an adjustment. And um, yeah. after that year, I actually uh, left that school mm -hmm. and I went to um, a junior college in uh, Worcester, Massachusetts, called Quinn Sigmund Community College. And had Did a, you know anyone? When you no. just no, no, so you just like we're doing it, which is, I yeah. guess, normal for you know someone yeah. in uh, in sports, but that that's got to be a little bit of a psychotic trip or breakdown yeah. a little bit. I mean, you're all alone. You're going into programs yeah. and trying to figure out, you know, how you're going to fit in. How, yeah. how did you deal with that? Um, it really never bothered me, honestly. Really? Yeah. It, I mean, God, it, you're it, such a man. Yeah, right? <laughs> we, just, we just show up and we figure it out. I mean, that's what it was. I mean, <laughs> so true. we just figure out. And, and um, I was looking for, when I went back to Worcester, um, I asked a couple of people, I was like, hey, if you're going to go to junior college, you get drafted, what college would you go to? And yeah. Quinn Sigmund for the community college was one of the top schools for, you know, for kids to get drafted out of. Wow. And I didn't care about the education. Sorry, kids. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I just he, wanted to get he drafted. Passed. Yeah, I, he passed. He passed his test. I passed. <laughs> you know, and then I went that year and I had a great fall season and was supposed to be one of the top draft picks in 1991. Yeah. And I just left. I quit baseball. Wow. Yeah, I quit baseball. Okay, that yeah. have to absorb that. Yeah. Todd. I remember that part of the story. I was waiting. I was like, I'm pins and needles yeah. for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't remember that part. I don't yeah. remember that part of your story. Yeah, Why? Why did you do that? Did not. Wasn't having any fun. Yeah. Uh, it turned into a job. Mm -hmm. um, you know. You know. Honestly, the expectations of being a top pick and all that that didn't bother me. I just right. did not enjoy putting the uniform on anymore. Yeah. And uh, I remember it's you know two and a half years in of after leaving the sport of baseball. And I actually ended up playing, um, I started touring and playing racquetball throughout the country. Wow. I was a big racquetball player. I had coach and all I've that. I've played and, racquetball before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I've been oh, playing racquetball. Oh, I can see you now, for, too. With the headband? Did you get the headband oh, going oh, yeah. on? Yeah. <laughs> headband, knee pads, all that. Diving <laughs> yeah, all over awesome. the place. Yeah. So um, I just toured around, you know, got a couple of sponsors, helped pay for some yeah. uh, travel. And then um, I was flipping burgers at Fuddruckers one time. Uh, I remember in February of, of uh, 90, 93, and um, this Bob Montgomery came walking in. He was an announcer for the Red Sox. 
And that's when I decided, I'm like, this is ridiculous. I got to give baseball another shot. <laughs> and, Yay. Uh, yeah, Yay. I was still young. I was only 20 at that time. Right. Um, so <clears throat> that day, uh, I had a little, let's say, a, a, a burger fight at the Fuddruckers. Uh <laughs> that mean exactly you took the spatula and you were flipping burgers to people or uh, i would say flipping them kind of firing them at uh somebody well, that you was are a pitcher <laughs> yeah somebody that was working there it was, it was my first like one of my first weeks on the main grill yeah. and he wasn't doing the buns quick enough for the burgers intentionally <laughs> this is a what true a story i'm not even exaggerating <laughs> the story and they gave me, and then, you know what? He wasn't doing the burgers, the buns quick enough, so I started getting the burgers and just flipping them right at him. And uh, That kind of ended my tenure there. At the career Club was Rockers. over. Yeah, was, yeah. Yeah. And that's okay, was okay, because you went out with a bang. I went out with a bang, yep. <laughs> and then I went up to, um, about a half hour away, there's an indoor facility. Mm -hmm. um, I asked the guy, I go, I need a catcher, and I need unlimited batting cages. What are you going to charge me? Uh, on a monthly basis, and this was literally February. I remember spring training of uh, of ninety three uh, in February. Yeah. And um, I started my journey getting back into shape, and um, went in that summer and played summer ball. Still did not want to play. Right. I still had zero desire to play, yet I didn't want to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're in this position where you can play something that you know somewhere inside of you that yeah. you love yeah. you're just kind of burnt out on it yeah and then there's the other thing where i don't want to work I either i am not a, a nine to five no. <laughs> not a nine no. to five i mean i knew i honestly and, and it may sound cocky but it, it is what it is i knew i'd get to the big leagues yeah i knew when i left the game of baseball back in 1990 or 91 uh, at some point i'd end up in the big leagues so that's not cocky what that is is called vision yeah Vision. You had vision. Yeah. And I, I have a lot of those myself. Right, right. And without the vision, we have no road. We have no goal. Yeah. So yeah. I will never call vision cocky. cocky. It's true. Todd, are you cocky over there? Do you have something to say? No, no I just have a lot of vision. <laughs> you have a lot, a lot of vision. <laughs> yeah. uh, wouldn't you say that vision is exactly what you uh, have to have over confidence and anything else? It's your vision that has well, to Well, it's drive that driving in. force, yeah. right? It's what's down. What's, it's what's pulling you forward. And typically, if you have that vision, you get pulled in that direction, mm -hmm. regardless of whether you think about yeah. it day in and day out or not. Yeah. I see myself in a certain... Um, vision and I have to I have to get there yeah and I'm sure you did the same thing that was well we it. know you did the yeah. same thing <laughs> <laughs> that was it I mean there wasn't honestly I, I I remember showing up in that in that um my first summer ball game and yeah. haven't played in I don't even know three years or something yeah and um and had a really good game my first game back and I'm like it, and I and I say it was easy it just it just came easy for me right this boy right. now obviously the workload and all that yeah. That's a different story, but the actual game came easy to me. When did your heart flip? Was it that first game that said, I love um, this again? Or Not really, no. Mm. no. I mean, I just I just pushed through it all summer, mm -hmm. and then I re-enrolled back into that college I left three years ago. Yeah. I called up my coach. I said, uh, his name is Barry Glinsky. I was like, uh, coach, I go, I'd love, like to come back if you take me back. And I left on good terms. I mean, yeah. I never would leave on bad terms. He says, I told you when you left, you were welcome back at any time. <laughs> and, um, and I went out and um, had a had a pretty good year that year. Yeah. And um, and then I got drafted. That was a 37th round draft pick in, in the 1994 draft. Wow. That was a late, that was like a 1,086 draft. And he was trying to say he's not so famous. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was a fill-in player, though. The 37th round is like. Whatever. <laughs> That's still the top still 1%. Yes. 1%. Yeah. It was good. It was, you know, it was, um, 
that when I got drafted is probably when I actually when it happened when it happened yeah. when I remember yeah. when I, I was supposed to be drafted in like rounds I was told three through twelve mm -hmm. third to twelfth round and after the first day uh, they did twelve rounds that first day and I got a call I was supposed to you know I was supposed to get drafted by the Rockies and yeah. well, that's what I was told and um, I got a call that night from the Rockies scout and saying hey we didn't get you uh, in the first twelve round obviously in the twelfth round but if would you still sign in round 13 if yeah. we draft you i was like absolutely never heard from anybody until the 37th round pick oh, oh my god round. I, and it was saturday night I, was, I remember i was sitting in my house in malden massachusetts in granada highlands and i got the call and i and i thought they were i, I thought the, the gentleman that called me his name's ed ford the fa yeah fa he's from jersey he's no longer with us anymore great guy um and he called me up and says he goes, you know, hey, this is the far. You drafted. You're a cub. And I thought, he, I thought he was full of crap. <laughs> Say that one more time because that was amazing the way you said that. Back and this is the far. You got drafted. <laughs> and, he, and I was like, yeah, right, whatever. And I was, I was like, I was literally like saying like, guys, like my friends, you're right, cut the right. crap. Right? Yeah, you're right. exactly. You know, I get drafted. And I remember I went out down to uh, my buddy's uh, business down the road. And right after I got drafted, I was like, I just got called. Did you guys like play a prank on me yeah. or something? And they're like, no. And then literally the next day, I got a uh, uh, Western Union overnight. Yeah, because we didn't have text no. <laughs> for your young ones out there. Yeah. There was no phones. There was no texting. No. We had pagers. Yeah, pagers. <laughs> that was it. Western Union, Insta you know, Graham. Right. And I got it the next day with the letter saying you got drafted by the country. Oh like, my wow, God. I really did get drafted. I was, like, I was like, oh, sweet. It was pretty cool. So did you, you had to move then? So, um... Yeah, they came down. I, I signed my contract, and um, I, they shipped me off to uh, where did I go? Huntington, West Virginia. Mm. So it was June of '94. Been there. I, I actually took a summer and was a whitewater rafting guide in West Virginia on the New River. Really? Living in a tent. Living but that is for another day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the things we so learned on been the there. show. The things we learned, right? Yeah. <laughs> if we stayed at Marshall University, uh, uh, the dorms. Yeah, that's where yeah. they kept us, and. Uh, um, you know, had horrible, uh, hor horrible short. It's called short season A ball. Horrible season. Oh. Was, did not have a well, good season. I was hurt. Yeah. Um, I I hurt myself during the regular season, and I just you know kept my mouth shut. And mm -hmm. I figured you know you know how to get back on the field. And, yeah. Uh, put your head down. Do you put your thing. Put your thing. I mean, my fastball was like you know probably mid eighties max, and I was. Yeah, you know, supposedly 90 plus. Okay, so I'm going to pause you. Yeah. <laughs> the fastest my son, of course, he was only, um, he was 12 at the time. Yeah. He was 80. That's and, really good. And, but I was, <laughs> I've been hit good. by one of those, and that those are fast. So yeah. I realized, though, that you have to get into the 90s, 100, right? Yeah, in, now it's 100. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it wasn't then, but... Um, yeah. But still, that was really good, though, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was really good, yet when, you know, the year I got drafted, all the top draft picks were all throwing 95-plus. Yeah. You know, or supposedly they were, until you actually see them. There was maybe one or two that would actually actually right. throw 95-plus. In, um, you know, that offseason, I really worked hard to get my shoulder rehabbed. Mm -hmm. And then that year, I came back throwing, you know. In the so what was your top, like, throw? Do you know? So I don't know what the actual top speed was, but I pitched between 94 to, 90, 94 to 96. Oh, my that's God. That's what I pitched. <laughs> that but that's nothing so now. amazing. Yeah. I, yes, it is. It's because, you know, that's, that's the other thing about sports and life. I mean, we're all conditioning ourselves much better than we did back then because of yeah. the knowledge and science. Absolutely. And so with what we had to work with yeah at, and those days at that time that was that was that was, was hot yeah. that was a fast ball it was. I, I remember <laughs> in 95 and 96 i think it was 95 spring training um 
until Kerry Wood got drafted, I was, you know, he he would throw around the hundred. Yeah. Um, yet I was the fastest, one of the fastest throws in the all right. majors or minors organization at that point. Um, so, so yeah. this is something uh, as a mom who um, I was the one, you know, showing up trying to be the coach, and the coach would look at me strangely. I've always wanted to know what is it like to stand up there and throw that ball so fast that you know you're going to scare the player? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, in, the, in my younger days, you know, the first couple of pitches and warm-ups, uh, you know, I would, I would airmail to the backstop just to try, yeah. to, try to intimidate them. Yeah. Um, then when you start going, like, the uh, junior college I went to in Florida, and these boys are big. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're used to seeing guys that throw my speed consistently yeah so like that didn't work out too well the little gladiators come walking out ready for your fastball yeah i learned really quick that hey my fastball in florida used to throw by everybody it's uh it doesn't get by many people anymore so i really had to learn how to pitch yeah i had to learn how to you know use my pitches move the ball around the plate you know, keep the hitters off balance, change change eye level, change direction, which before I just got the, literally just got the ball and just threw it. You had to use strategy. I had to use strategy, yeah. set up hitters, study hitters, all that type of stuff. So I'm pointing all of these things out because, Todd, when you're listening to the language that he's using, I can see how this works so well in real estate. Oh, I like the analogy. <laughs> yes. The little transition. If, if you think about everything that he's been through, he quit. He went and did something else. Then he decided that he was really, really good at it, and he was going to give it a shot. He got back into it. Really didn't like it yet, but then there was that win. Yeah. And he had to start using strategy to maintain up in the big leagues. Yeah. Strategy is huge. <laughs> so you finish up your baseball career, and you decide yeah. to get into real estate. Was it because you knew it was something you could wrap your head around? No. Then why did you do it? <laughs> no, I've had other businesses before that that just didn't do too well. I had a sports apparel uh, mm-hmm. Velocity. Co- uh, no, that was Crew West. Okay. Um, a sports apparel company, uh, athletic apparel like Under Armour, yeah. Nike. Um, then I closed that and opened up Velocity, mm-hmm. sports performance training facility. Um, got that going in the height of the market, and the market crashed. And yeah. then me and my dad, we we got, then we got buried on that. Yeah. And then a friend of mine, you know, he's a developer, a real close friend of mine now for over 10 years, 15 years now, said, you should get into real estate. You'd be really good at it. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we get into real estate because you get flexibility, right? If you like, if you build it, they will come. Again, folks, he didn't want to work, but he had no <clears throat> idea he was going to have to work really hard <sighs> in real estate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> common theme of of hard work and success. So, yes. right? You you yes. seem to have done yeah. really well in each of these things: yeah. racquetball, yeah. pitching, real estate. I know your sports apparel companies were successful too. Yeah, you know, it's. Um, I'll tell you, real estate, getting into real estate, and still to this day, I still tell people it's the hottest thing I've ever done. Mm-hmm. And the, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, getting to big leagues was hot. Yeah. But it came natural. You are a very kind human being. And similar to me, when I got into real estate, I had no idea how difficult some of the people were going to be right. to work with. And that that's the hardest part for me to wrap my head around. And you seem like the type of person that wants to be friends with everyone, too. Yeah. Was, was, was it a taste of that? You know, it's in baseball, when if, if someone's being difficult or the mm-hmm. other team's being difficult, you just drill them right in the ribs. That's <laughs> that, that was the good thing about baseball as a I pitcher. love that. Yeah. I think we're going to splice that saying right up here <laughs> when we do the video. <laughs> yeah, they hit someone. You 
drill them right in the ribs and, and you take care of business. Yeah. In real estate, dealing with, you know, uh, cross agents and dealing with our clients, yeah, you can't do that. No, you can't. <laughs> you can't do you that. Can't. You really got to figure out a way to um, make everyone feel good, to make it for a win-win. And knowing that, you know, it's in the best interest. It's not in my best interest mm -hmm. for, for a, a deal that happens. What's the best interest for our clients? Yeah. And understanding yeah. that and really believing that. And not chasing the paycheck because when you're chasing the paycheck, that's when you make you the wrong decision. Time. Yep, you and, you, and great, you got that paycheck, but you're never going to get a referral again. No, nope. right? nope. so it was it was really, and I like to be I, I I like helping others. Yes, I like succeeding through others. Yeah, um, and in real estate, with it, with the teams that we have, um, just seems like a natural fit. And working with a lot of great agents like yourself, it just makes everything so much nicer. I think we have an opportunity, um, especially recently, to change the face of real estate and how it has been because the traditional real estate agent is falling out to the individuals yeah. and the ones that do care. And obviously, that's where you've built your business. Absolutely. Is, excuse my French, giving a shit. Yeah. And <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I want to hear the story of, we heard about when your heart turned back into baseball yeah. and you felt it. What was that, maybe that first transaction or that first interaction with someone that made you say, my heart is in this 100% and this is what I have yeah. to do? You know, um, two of my first deals, um, I'm still friends with one of them, still mm -hmm. to this day. And um, just seeing how we communicated so well and how much they were for, the first time home buyers. Yeah. One was the military. Yeah, ended up buying out in Maricopa. Love it. Uh, Maricopa, Maricopa, so everyone knows, is about an hour yes. <laughs> from here. Oh, my, right? And I was, he was looking in Goodyear, surprise. Mm -hmm. and, and people are like, you're driving them all over the place. I'm like, yeah, he's a veteran. He yeah. wants to live in the valley. Yeah. And this is where he can get most for his money. Mm -hmm. and, and it was very satisfying to actually yeah. help him and put his family, had a wife and kids, and put his family uh, into a home. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, I don't remember. I mean, at that time, the prices were so low. Yeah. Um, but it was very fulfilling. I mean, it was. And it was probably one of the best conversations you had, too, it, driving him around and hearing was. his stories. Yeah, it, it was unbelievable. And, yeah. and uh, this other lady, and I'm still friends with her to this day, <laughs> um, another uh, first time uh, first time home by the. And um, she was awesome to work with. She would yell at me, and I could yell back <laughs> at her. And, and we got reconnected. Yeah. Like, that's the way yeah. I had to tell her. I was like, no, this is the way it is. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she would yell back at me, and we got along great. Was she yeah. from Boston too? Military. No, oh, she wasn't Boston, but Ohio, Ohio. And that was really, you know, that. And then I did a fourplex with an investor. Oh wow! You know, and that was not emotional. That was just numbers. Uh, yeah, but you, if it's the right type of investor, you know that yeah. they're going to be housing needy families. Uh, you know, or family take into consideration yeah. family situations. Yeah. yeah, those are my first three transactions, and all three of them were just. It was really fulfilling, like to see you know, two of the people kind of really first time home buyers and put them in and how happy they were when they got, and mm -hmm. this was multiple offer situation because yeah. it was, you know, all the REO and bank. So you got owned. your competition blood going. Yeah. You know, I like you're, you're going for the, yeah, because yeah, I do too. <laughs> I like winning. Oh, you competitors. Oh, yeah. Just don't go on cigarbid.com because you get too competitive and you end up with around 500 cigars when you don't need that because <laughs> you want to win. <laughs> Squirrel. Oh God, that's hilarious! I'm not even you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Todd's a big giver too. Yeah. One of the reasons why we partner with Todd is um, he honors all of my quirky little programs of giving back. <laughs> oh, it's my pleasure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the fact that you get to change someone's life that and take the time to change their life yeah. and get paid for it. 
pretty cool. It, it's crazy. Yeah. It's really um, cool. And before I get into my famous questions, yeah, I do want to ask you about your foundation. Yeah. Absolutely. So again, you're running uh, multiple offices. You yeah. have a team. Uh, you've sold like f over 1,200 homes in what less than 10, 10 years. years like, yeah. yeah. God, I've got to pick up the pace. <laughs> what the hell am I doing? Um, and in your spare time, you decided that you're going to help find missing children. I, you know, the answer, yeah. You know why? I'll tell you why. What really hit me, I was always looking for a charity to be part of. Mm -hmm. um, and a little bit more than just cutting a check, because, I mean, right. anyone can cut a check. And there's great organizations out there and all that. But yet, one of my uh, former ballplayer friends, he um, started this foundation uh, to help find missing and exploited children uh, called Bear Find. Um, B -A -I and what's your friend's name, too? Dennis Bear. B-A-I-R, is a great guy, he was on his way to the big leagues, got injured, just could never get healthy. Right. And he, when he was rehabbing, he uh, saw, you know, the cry for help from these, these uh, parents mm -hmm. uh, looking for their missing children, yeah. you know, and milk cartons went away about 25 years ago. There's no more, you know, kids missing on the back of milk cartons. That's right. And, and no one no And one it's not something I would that. have even thought of. Right. You're totally right. Yeah. And f he just got a burning desire to help these families. Yeah. And <clears throat> seeing he started this, you know, a lo long time ago and just seeing his passion around it, mm -hmm. it gave me like, it gave me the, you know, ambition to help him. Right. And I really wanted to see him succeed at his passion. Yeah. I mean, and it got me passionate about it. I can tell you, um, you know, having lost a child, I know the devastation of that, but not knowing where that child yeah. is, it's not knowing what is happening to that child. Yeah. <sighs> what can we do to help you? Yeah. You know, um, always donations are always mm -hmm. um, great to have. Mm -hmm. And right now, bearfind.org is a great place they can make a dollar donation up to whatever you want um, i started my own foundation i'm just in the last i, I did some things wrong with the articles of incorporation <laughs> that <laughs> which can i happen. just found out and uh, <laughs> that I, have, can happen. I have a good friend of mine uh, that's really good at all the stuff lisa and she's she took over about three weeks ago to fix yeah. so we're taking donations through bear find still um and i mean that's really it it, it is really you know, helping with donations. Yet, when you see, if you're on my Facebook page and you see some of the kids that when I post them, how many did you guys help find last year? So this, um, so six. So in in the hyperlocal area of mm -hmm. Arizona, uh, six out of the eight that we showcased, uh, we found. Oh my yeah, god! That's awesome. it's Sorry. unbelievable. Six out of eight. It, um. it's, and, and I'll tell you, uh, last year we have found over 60% of the kids that we showcased oh my with God. the official charity uh, for minor league baseball. Oh my God. So we're in 90% of the minor league baseball stadiums, hyper-local yeah. to that community. Yeah. 40 million visitors go through minor league baseball a year. Major league baseball, it's about 80 so million. So smart to find kids. And we're really working on um, getting into major league baseball now and some of the other big sporting venues because where else is the better to showcase these kids? Yeah. Listen, in the community that these kids are missing in where 80 million fans mm -hmm. are going through. Mm -hmm. So it's really just helping support with that of, of, you know, getting our billboards in there. Well, Great American Title Company, um, they 
will allow us to contribute directly out of our uh, commission to a 501c3. So if you wouldn't mind submitting that to Great American Title, every single transaction that we do, um, myself and the Tenacious Angels this year, will get $100. That is awesome. Thank you. That is amazing. (laughs) Um, Because, again, I can't imagine not knowing where my kid is. I mean, that's like that's the thing is like everyone wants to help. There's not one person in this world I don't think that would want to help find a missing child. They don't know how to do it. No. And, the, and for us, it's about bringing awareness uh, to the community and just to get eyeballs. The yeah. more eyeballs we can get on social media, billboards. Take a few seconds to look around your grocery store. Take yeah. a few seconds to look in line. Yeah. Um, you never know. You never know. You, never and, know. you know, especially being here in Arizona, mm-hmm. you know, we do have a high traffic, you know. I might be able to hook you up with some firefighters. You think you can help help around? Yeah, Yeah. just a a little. So, all right, we're going to get into the famous questions. All right. So, I want you to put your real estate agent hat on. Here we go. (laughs) Real estate hat. (laughs) 